Welcome to episode 7 of the Mile 62 podcast. I'm your host, Richard Elkins, coming to you from Austin, Texas. We cover all things ultra running in the southern United States. Uh, today I want to go over some ultra running uh, news from the weekend. It was an exciting weekend with some big events. I'm also going to go over um, some marathon news. I realize this is a trail running podcast, but there was some big news over the weekend and marathon running, and a lot of us come from that background. I plan to do a technical review on the men's max compression shorts from Exoscan. I just got a new pair in and done some running in them. I'd like to go do a technical review on that. And then also I'm going to touch on my uh, preparation for um, Havelina 100, which is coming up in two weeks. Okay, let's get started. Um, first up, I'd like to talk about some ultra running news um, over the weekend. Um, as many of you know, the, the Big 200, the Moab two, 240, which is put on by Destination Trails and the Moab uh, Desert, um, took place, started on uh, Friday and uh, usually goes for four days. And uh, there was some big news. I was following it, uh, following uh, uh, Rob Seeger's uh, adventure. He's been going for the Triple Crown of three of 200s and and uh, when I was tracking him, I noticed that um, uh, Candace uh, posted on, on um, Instagram that one runner had gone off trail. And not just gone off trail, but gone off trail maybe five or six miles. And um, I, looked, I looked in the registration list, and that was David Goggins. And, I, and that, that, you know, everybody knows who David Goggins is. If you don't, you need to check out his videos on uh, YouTube. Uh, David Goggins uh, he was trained as an Army Ranger and also a Navy SEAL. Just an, just an all-around endurance badass. Um, he at one time held the world record for the most pull-ups, and uh, he went for that record, I think, two or three times. Um, <clears throat> he trained himself to run for run the Badwater uh, uh, 120, and... Um, had to run several ultras to get qualified. There's a long story um, in his in his book and um, in YouTube videos about you know his challenges. Um, it finally got into it and uh, ended up placing well. I think he ran Badwater three times, and uh, just a just a load of other ultras. And uh, you know he just become a internet phenomenon about his endurance and his motivation videos. I follow him on several social medias. Well, anyways, I knew he, I knew he was I knew he was in the event because uh, Destination Trails uh, posted a picture of him um before before the race started. But when I noticed that he was off trail, you know, that that got that kind of got exciting. Here's a here's a guy that's the probably the biggest badass in the whole race is off trail for 5 miles. And the, uh, the initial reports were that somebody had vandalized the course markers, and uh, that's what caused him to go off the trail. And when he did go off trail, he was in second place. Um, he was in a distant second place uh, behind Michael McKnight. You know, he's the he's the guy that wins all of these events. And I, I don't think he was a threat to Mike, you know, the whole race. But 
to be in second place in this in this race uh, that, that that's a big deal and uh he kind of went off it, the it kind everything kind of went off radar for a while and then um i was kind of thinking that he was probably going to dnf because the mar the marker on the tracking website wasn't moving and then finally i posted on the instagram asking uh, destination trails uh, team if he's in the race or not and they were they replied that yes he is and then later on saturday david goggins support team had a page on instagram and they chimed in and said yes he's back in the race well when i got up on sunday um su sunday morning i checked into it and uh, i noticed that he had uh had dnf'd in the race and what what had what had ha what had happened was he got back in the race and he was uh, he was in seventy fifth place. Imagine this: get, going uh, five six miles off course and then making your way back. They said he went fifteen miles off course, but I think what they what they're saying is he went six about uh, uh, what seven and a half miles off course and then came back. So he ran an extra fifteen miles. Well, when he got back on track. I'm back on the course, he was in 75th place. They say he made his way all the way back up to ninth place um, before he started having some altitude issues with his heart. I forget the technical name for that, but he basically had to go to, they had to take him to a hospital, and I think he was, he, they they determined he was okay, but the the doctor said that he shouldn't race for two weeks. Well, I think they wanted to get back in the race, but Candace and the team uh, uh, said that wasn't possible. So you had the DNF around, I think it was around mile 200. But that's amazing, you know, going off course so much and uh, just having the mental strength to get back in the race. You know, most people would either quit or maybe stick it out for a finish. He was trying to win the race again. He made it all the way back up to ninth place. It's amazing. Um, anyways, that, that was big news over the weekend. It was pretty exciting to follow, follow him. Um, um, as I mentioned before, I was following, uh, training for ultra, you know, um, he also goes, his, his name is Robert Sigger. Most people know him by training for ultra. Um, he completed the, um, Moab 240, I think it was, uh, Monday night. And, uh, he, he was running a, he was put together a charity for pediatric cancer, which he was calling a 401k for pediatric cancer. So what he was doing was he's going to run the Moab 240, and to get to 401k, I believe he needed to run about another extra 10 miles at the end of the course. Well, he's been working on this for several months, and um, I I donated some money early on, and uh, the number was pretty low, but I checked it two days ago and. He's already raised $28,000, which is just phenomenal. And this is all going to pediatric uh, cancer. It's a very sp a special type of pediatric cancer um, for a young girl in Denver that, that they're going to donate to. Um, his, his employer, Empower Retirement, is matching up to $5,000. So anyways, I'll put a, a link in the show notes um, to the te Texas Children's uh, uh, dot. Uh, org site if you'd like to donate any money I mean five ten dollars anything would help but um I think it's a great charity and uh 
he's he's done a great job. So he's finished um, he's finished the Bigfoot two hundred, the Tahoe two hundred, and now the Moab two forty, and he's completed the Triple Crown. And for Moab, he had tied in this four hundred one k for pediatric cancer. Great charity, uh, good job. I, like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, some other things, uh, ultra running news. I've I listened. Uh, heard on another podcast uh, about Treeline Journal. Um, I suggest you check it out. It, it's a, a website that's been started by Chase and Nikki uh, Parnell. I believe they live in Oregon. Uh, Chase is an accomplished ultra runner um, working as a divorce lawyer for many years, got tired of working in the legal profession, and now in September, him and his wife have decided to work work on this passion of theirs, uh, basically, uh, doing, um, uh, media for, uh, running, you know, writing, uh, stories and, uh, following the ultra scene, you know, doing statistics on, uh, you know, rankings for the ultra trail world tour. They wrote a really nice article about Paul, Paul Capel. Nope. I'm not butchering his name. He's a Spanish runner that won UTMB, they researched a bunch of Spanish websites about him, articles about him, and put together their own article. You know, they're they're writing about people that in ultra in our in our running scene that, you know, probably most people don't know too much about because they're just not in the in the front line media like some of the runners here at home. And uh, it hit it home for me because I thought it was a very interesting article, and it's also something I plan to do. Like I mentioned in my first podcast, I plan to interview uh, some Chinese uh, ultra runners, um, some elites. Um, you know, the, in, my, in my podcast, I plan to, to interview mainly mid-pack and back-of-the-pack uh, runners, their stories, and uh, also do race reports, but there will be an occasional elite athlete, and I plan to focus on some of these areas which are not being reported, China being one of them. Why? Because I know China very well. I speak Mandarin. I lived there 10 years. I have a house, still have a house in uh, West China in the Chengdu area, which puts on a lot of ultra races. Um, most of the ultra running scene is in Hong Kong, and a lot of the Elite runners come from the Yunnan province and uh, southwestern China. And I think there's some exciting stories probably to come from there. As you, as you know, from following the, the race results this year, in the Hong Kong races, um, those, those, the locals cannot be beat. With the, only ex- with, with the only exception of Jim Walmsley going there and, and beating everybody in Hong Kong, a lot of foreign racers, whether they be from Europe or USA, are getting beat, beaten by the local runners in China. And now you've got, um, like, uh, Miss Miao, which went to UTMB. She led the female race for a long, about half the race before um, she ran into problems and Courtney De DeWalter had passed her. But the Chinese runners are really coming on strong under the scene, and I think there's a lot of stories there. So I, pl- I plan to, to cover some of those in the, in the upcoming months. Um, I have the opportunity to go to China a lot with my job. I'm in purchasing and uh, and having known, you know, it's like a second home to me. So I plan to bring those stories to my podcast. Um, so I, I suggest you check out the treelinejournal.com. It's pretty interesting. And uh, 
For me, it's kind of like the morning shakeout by Mario Froioli in road running. Mario doesn't cover too much trail running, uh, even though he coaches a lot of trail running uh, athletes. Um, but the Treeline Journal uh, is uh, focused on ultra running. It's kind of neat. I don't know of anything else out there like that. But I suggest you check it out. Another thing I was thinking about uh, uh, over the weekend is Chris Mako. I'm a big fan of us, Chris Mako, C-Money. The Mako show hadn't been on for a while. Um, the last Mako show was covering his uh, Vancouver race. I think he won the 50-mile there. I forget the name of that ultra there, but um, kind of wondering what's up with him. Um, um, also, um, I mentioned earlier... Um, Getting ready for uh, Havelina 100. I ran it last year. I made it through 82 miles and um, ran into some uh, lower back issues, which um, I touched on before on previous podcasts. I attributed to um, my salt balance was incorrect. I think I actually took in too much salt, uh, kind of like what Hayden Hawks has talked about recently. So I kind of got, I think I've got a control on you know, managing my salt intake a little bit better. Um, also, I'm not carrying bottles like I did last year. I had bottles in the front. I was wearing a, a UD pack with um, flask in the front of my pack and also carrying two bottles, kind of the Jim Walmsley way, but, you know, he's out there running, you know, 14, 15 hours in 100. You know, I'm there. I'm out going to be out there most of the, you know, most of the 30 hours. Well, you know, 22, 23 hours into the race, I started having some lower back issues. And I, I, I th- I'm thinking that, you know, I was carrying too much weight up front. Well, this year I've changed things. I started using a UD uh, pack with a two liter, um, um, two liter, um, you know, pack in the back. So, and I plan to carry just one bottle. Um, just, just to, you I'm gonna use the bottle for, um, um, like Tailwind or um, Hammer um, drinks that whatever they're going to be carrying. I think they carry goo at the Havelina. And then I will, I will keep my uh, two-liter pack full of ice water all times. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm working on my weight balance a little bit better and uh, got my salt under control. Also, I've been working on my core strength, which I think is will help. And then just my overall fitness is better than last year. Um, I've been uh, cross-training a lot, putting in good miles every week. Not too much. Uh, I don't go crazy on the miles every week for many reasons. I don't have the time for it. But also, I, I, I think it doesn't suit me to do high mileage every week. I, I do balance it with biking and weightlifting. But I think I'm ready. I'm excited. Um, also, this year, my brother Sam is also going to uh, be out there. He's doing the 100K, but um, it's nice to... Excuse me. It's nice to go out to the Phoenix area with another person and uh, ex- you know share the experience, because in ultras I don't use crew and I don't use pacers. Um, just I well, for one I don't have many crazy friends that would like to do that anyways. But then the other reason is I just don't I just don't really believe in it. I like to do it on my own. So, but having said that, it is nice to you know share the experience with my brother I'll probably see him on the course some and uh, we'll stay in at the same place together <clears throat> so I'm excited about that that's two weeks out 
and uh, I will, you know, as we get closer to the uh, Havilene 100, um, I may do a, uh, a pre-race uh, podcast. Um, I'll keep everyone updated. Okay, let's dig into what happened uh, in the marathon scene this weekend. It was pretty exciting. Um, over the weekend, Iliad Kipchoge uh, broke the two-hour mark um, with uh, his um, running of 159.30, uh, I believe it was. Um, the first person to ever break two hours in the marathon. Now, Iliad Kipchoge is a very accomplished uh marathoner he's done very well in several olympic games and uh he currently holds the world record in the marathon um which he set in um september 16th 2018 with a 201.39 now he's this is his second attempts you know you know one may say that you know it's just a spectacle um you know was, they put on the basically the perfect circumstances for him to break two hours. Um, he was wearing the new Nike um, percent uh, shoes developed for him and uh, also his pacers. Um, they set up a, a straight road in Vienna, uh, which had a turnaround. I believe they did four laps. The weather conditions were perfect. Uh, the pacing team, I saw a picture of them. It looked like about 30 of them, and it was the who's who in running uh, supporting this event. And if you can imagine when uh, he was running, there was basically like a V of runners, pacers in front of him blocking the wind. So it was the most clever drafting that I've ever seen. And uh, so, you know, this is a, it is a way of cheating, you know. Even in triathlon, drafting is... Uh, you know, on the bike is uh, is illegal, and uh, so drafting is an advantage. Um, not only that, the pacers didn't have to follow their watch. You know, most pace, pacers in major marathons, they have to constantly look at their watch, make sure that they're running the pace that they've promised uh, to run in their segment of the race. Well, in this uh, um, event, they had a car that was set to run... 159.50 and uh, it was in front of the pace team and it was very cool it had these la green lasers shining on the ground basically showing the pacers exactly where they needed to be all the time so what does this do for them well they can just run they don't have to look at their watch they don't have to worry about anything so it was really the perfect situation you know circumstances uh, for running a really fast time and that's what he did you know he's a great guy um his attitude is just uh, very inspiring and when he was finishing pointing to the crowd and then after the after the after the marathon you know basically telling the media that you know anybody can do anything that they want to do just a really inspiring guy even though this was a kind of a spectacle and you know i personally would like to see it someone break two hours in a real race but I thought it was real exciting and pretty uh, pretty cool to witness um, 
Uh, other things in the marathon this weekend, we had the Chicago Marathon. It's a it's a, a major, and uh, we had a world record in the on the female side. Uh, Bridget Koski Koske, from Kenya, she ran a uh, two fourteen. That's amazing. When you consider that um, most of the uh, U.S. men, you know, running two hundred nine, two ten, that's considered you know great. The the female winner came in at two fourteen. Now, in a way, it's a bit disappointing because the men, the men, uh, you know, guys like uh, Galen Rupp, DNF, and uh, there were some good results from like Parker Stenson and. Um, um, some other, I'm forgetting their names, but they ran in the 209, 210 range. But, you know, for me, I know, I know people get angry by me saying this, but I still remember Ryan Hall running a 204.58 back in 2011. You know, what's happened to the U.S. men? And uh, I remember an interview with Ryan um, a few months back on a podcast, and he said they just don't take, they really don't push the envelope and take risk like um, he used to. And I, I, you know, I'm not an elite runner, but I think there's something to that. And, uh, you know, because we, we may be improving our times in the U.S., but we're not going to get any medals in the Olympics with running, a, you know, 209, 210. So, you know, G Galen Rupp and Ryan Hall really moved it to the next level. I think Galen Rupp ran like a 206. And Ryan Hall was, you know, back uh, nine years ago running a 204 um, these fast times are possible and uh, I really hope that the U.S. men can turn it around and, and, uh, and really improve their times but seeing a world record on the female side was was pretty exciting now I know that some people say well her agent was um, is also tied up with some uh, athletes that that are doing drugs and have been busted in the past but I think we have to look past that I think people just need to get out and run because, uh, you know, yeah, maybe the, some of that goes on, but uh, we just need to improve. Because if you look at, like, the top women, some of the top women, like uh, Stephanie Bruce, she ran a PR, uh, 227. That's great. But, you know, you compare it to 214, and there's really a big gap to the winner. i like to see someone like Stephanie Bruce, which I think is really got a lot of grit and speed and, I believe she's 35 years old, just an incredible runner from 10K up to the marathon. I'd really like to see her go into ultra running. I've suggested it a few times on Ultra Media, no, no responses, but can you imagine her jumping into like the North Face 50? Amazing. Because, you know, on the female side in the ultra running scene, there are, there are some ladies that have that speed, you know, like I think Ia Wang was in the 230s, Magna Boulay was in the 228, something like that, you know, but that's a while back. And uh, you see uh, some of these roadrunners like Kara Goucher jump, uh, jumping into Leadville. You know, she, she said it was very humbling, but, you know, she finished. And to see someone like Stephanie Bruce maybe jump in, you know, some of these, uh, these older ladies, I say older ladies, in their mid-30s, um, but um, in the running scene, I guess that's considered, a, you know, the older, the older of the team, the older of the field. But still being very competitive with a lot of grit, I think they would do very good in ultra running. That's just my opinion. But let's see. Um. 
Okay, Exoscan uh, 4.0 Men's Max Compression Shorts, uh, three, quarter, three quarter length. I bought a pair um, during the last few weeks and I got them in last week. Uh, these are, they actually have a regular shorts and a three quarter shorts. Uh, actually, I preferred to buy the, the regular shorts, but I just couldn't get the color that I wanted. They've been, I guess they've been selling very well. So I went ahead and got the three quarter shorts. What that means is it's kind of fits right, it, it the seam goes down right above the knee, so it doesn't cover the knee. And um, it could be used for running or mountain biking. But um, I, I, I went out on a 15 uh, kilometer run um, a few days ago and uh, they felt good. I was um, wanted to check them for, see if I was gonna have any issue with chafing because I, I wore them without underwear. And uh, that's kind of a big deal because on the website, it doesn't tell you to you should you wear underwear or not wear underwear because they don't have like a, uh, a second liner like Nike shorts do or Solomon shorts do. So I was a little bit, uh, didn't really know. And um, I confirmed it yesterday. I sent a message to uh, the Exoskin page on Instagram and they confirmed to me that they should be worn without underwear and that um, this short has been worn in a lot of 100 milers and people have had no problem with chafing. So that was that uh, was reassuring. Um, I also witnessed the same thing during my 15 kilometer run. I didn't put any lube on. Usually when I go out for a run, I put some Vaseline on, you know, in certain areas, but I didn't do it. I wanted to see exactly what was gonna happen. Didn't have any chafing. Now, these are advertised of not are, are being seamless, but Actually, they do have a seam below the buttocks, and I was a little bit concerned whether that might cause some chafing, but it rides low enough where it doesn't cause any problems because, you know, when you put a short a pair of shorts together, it's impossible to not have some seam because just the way shorts are. And um, anyways, these, uh, you know, they their trademark is rapid dry uh, copper, and... Uh, Basically, it's a PTFE patented fibers. I know PTFE because in the in the electronics world, you know, printed circuit boards, they also use PTFE. So this is a really good uh, material, uh, thermal thermal properties, and just uh, also widely available, so it's not expensive. And um, they have designed these shorts so that they have air channel ducts and also uh, sweat traps. Um, they're so small that, I mean, looking at the shorts, you can't really see it. And when they've designed the shorts, they have 3D body wrapped. So what that means is it really fits to your body. When I took this out of the package, my first my first um, thought was, how am I going to put these on? I bought large, which is set up for... 34 to 36 I'm probably really a 33 but I'm always worried about getting something too small a medium is um, is from 31 to 33 I'm probably somewhere in between but the large fits fine but I pull these out of the bag and they look so small I was thinking how in the world am I gonna get these shorts on but sure enough they really stretch and form to your body it takes a, a little uh, a few minutes to put them on but once you get them on they're very comfortable and uh, they're tight enough where they don't slip off when they get wet you know they do get wet from sweat 
but they don't slip down and uh, the, the fit is really good. The only issue I ran into is I got a little bit of flab on my on my belly and uh, um, the the short really rides up a little bit too high and what I did was I kind of folded it folded over the top of the shorts and they work fine. Um, I think if someone had a flat belly or six pack or something they probably wouldn't have a problem there but I just fold it over there and I think that will work fine for me because I use a uh, ultra spire um, waist light so that extra material there will will help me protect my body from the trail light because you know having a trail light usually what I do is I put my shirt under it but you tend to get very hot that way so I'm going to use my shorts uh, to be under the trail light um, to protect from chafing. Um, they also claim that they're anti-odor. I don't know if that's true or not yet. I did hand wash them after my first uh, run and, and hang them to dry because I plan to use them in the upcoming race. Um, but overall, very happy with them. I, the cost, they're about $75. Um, there are some discount codes out on some of the bigger podcasts, so it's pretty easy to get all the one. You can save up to 20%, so I suggest you uh, look into that. Um, so um, my my take on the Exoskin uh, shorts, uh, they seem to be a very good product, and uh, I plan to use them in uh, Havilene 100, and that's my personal opinion. I had to pay for them, and I'm not sponsored or an ambassador for Exoskin. But um, I suggest you uh, check them out. Um, also, I um, on a d different product, I also bought some new Injinji socks. I've been using them for years. You're probably wondering, why don't you use Exoskin socks? Well, I just haven't tried them yet. I've been very happy with Injinji socks, so I've, sti I've been sticking with them. The thing about Injinji socks, though, is if you go to REI, um, you can only now you can only buy the the regular road socks and the trail socks. The trail socks are good for, you know, 10, 20, 30K, but I like the ultra version of the Injinji socks and REI stopped selling those. So I went to the Injinji uh, website and I bought some new ultra version and the crew and also the shortcut and they came in. So I plan to use those in Havelina too. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find any discount codes for Injinji socks. If you do know of one, please send me an email at runnerrwe at gmail.com, and I'll share that with everyone. But they seem to be uh, not giving out discount codes. Um, okay, the last thing, a few things I want to talk about is uh, something I listened to on the Morning Shakeout podcast by Mario Frioli. He had Steve Jones on the podcast. Steve Jones is a legend in running. Uh, he focused on the marathon and was a competitive for many years. He became famous back in 1984 when he set the world record for the marathon in the Chicago Marathon with a 209. And, uh, you know, that's interesting because, you know, back this guy would have been competitive today with those kind of times. And uh, he's run, you know, faster than that. You know, I think he got down in the 207 range. But, you know, back then, um, running was very running was very simple. You know, as he calls it, simplified running. 
you know, this is a, a coach uh, that believes that stretching is not needed, you know, ice baths and these all these other gimmicks that we have today are, are a waste of money and not needed. You just need to get out there and run and work really hard for it. And uh, I thought it was very interesting uh, um, listen. And uh, I learned a lot, you know, he talks about consistent running. And as I always say, which I learned from uh, uh, Tosh on the, on the uh, Crooked Butterfly podcast, that guy's a real badass former uh, Marine uh, captain. You know, he always says uh, it's easier it's easier to keep up than catch up. And what does that mean? It means be consistent. If you work at it every day, if you try to catch up, it takes a lot of effort. And... Um, the Steve Jones is uh, is is right on the right on talking on the same path. You know he's got over uh, been been around for over thirty years in running and coaching and at the competitive level, and <clears throat> he broke it down. It just it just uh, boils down to really working hard, putting in the effort, and uh, you you will you will succeed. And uh, being competitive, racing all the time is very important. You know, today um, these elites are doing two, three marathons a year. They've just kind of uh, lost that um, that real strong fight for the you know to win, uh, in his opinion, and it all made sense to me. Um, some other things exciting. I ordered I ordered some new hats for uh, Havelina Hundred. Uh, my brother and I will be wearing them. They're black and red. They say Mile 62 podcast on them. Um, I should have them before the race, and we'll both be wearing them during the race and before and after. So if you see us out at the Havilene 100, uh, give us a shout. We'd like to meet you. And uh, um, we're always looking for uh, people to interview for the podcast. We're excited about it. The Havilene is a, is a big party in the desert, and I had a great time last year. Um, and I uh, really look forward to it this year. Um, if you'd like to follow me on uh, social media, I can be found on Instagram at RunnerRWE, on Twitter at RunnerRWE, and then Strava, it's Richard, uh, host of the Mile 62 podcast. You can also find me with my uh, running group, uh, Mile 62 uh, running group on Strava. And I encourage you, to join that group if you like uh, we we do local runs in the texas area but we also plan meetups at uh, races that we go to out of town so you know like after Havelina, we got bandera coming up in january we're happy to help um and and give our uh feedback and advice to anybody coming to texas for the first time you're we welcome you um we've run bandera several times we know that race very well and we know that a lot of runners come from other areas because of the, it's a golden ticket race. It's a, This year it's going to be very exciting. It's sponsored by Hoka. And uh, I think the turnout will be very big. There will be a bunch of elites coming to town for the race. But there are a huge group of mid and back of the pack runners like myself. And it's just a big party and it's a great venue. So we welcome you to Texas. Um, I welcome feedback and questions. Please, uh, if you'd like a, something that we can talk about in a future podcast as a topic, or if you have questions for me, I'm happy to answer your questions. And if you like, I can also discuss it on a future podcast. Send me an email at runnerrwe at gmail.com. And if you would, please uh, 
leave a review on iTunes uh, or Google Podcasts, and uh, it really helps me get traction and uh, and really get get my podcast out there so other people can find it. I do this for fun, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Um, and uh, like I always say, you know, you know, it's easier to keep up than catch up, and uh, you must become comfortable being uncomfortable, which means push yourself in your training, but um, be happy doing it. You know, it's important. Uh, most of us do this as a hobby, and you know, it should be a hobby. Have fun, but don't get too stressed out about it. You know, you need to make sure that your goals uh, align with what's possible. But uh, enjoy your running. Have a good week. And uh, stay tuned for the next podcast. Thank you.